Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Franchise pros, stand the man, Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Want to lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion lights that pilot light under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire from a single to a multi-unit empire. Well, pay attention to this podcast that you hear and streaming in HD fine tune above your ears, and standing Paul lays down the law, whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor, it's all about sustainable growth, the sensible franchising, proving concepts to start enterprises, so use your left and right side of your brain, and absorb this knowledge here of franchising today, huh, Badlands, baby, huh, franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Sustainable growth for sensible franchise. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchise today. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. Welcoming back today my co host, Stan Friedman. The last week was at the Franchise Updates Leadership and Development Conference and was unable to join us. Stan, welcome back. Hey, Paul. Good to be back. Lots going on. Busy, busy times. Man, it's, it's so busy. As a matter of fact, my wife said to me yesterday, uh, so in two weeks you're going to L.A., right? And I said, no, that's three weeks, isn't it? She said, no, it's two weeks. So uh, it's always good to have a, a, a backstop there. Um, we had a great show last week with Brian and Daya, the COO from L&L Hawaiian Barbecue. Uh, it was an interesting show for an iconic brand that's been around with 200 units, but has definitely gone through some uh, some different challenges uh, bringing their brand to from Hawaii to the mainland. And um, Stan, you were at the Update Conference. Uh, why don't you give us a little bit of... Uh, uh, an update in your perspective um, to that conference, which, of course, is one of the best, I believe, on the circuit. But, unfortunately, I could not get there this year. Well, I couldn't get to the show last week, and you couldn't get to the conference this year. But you know what, Paul? Everybody's got to be somewhere, and no matter where we go, there we are. conference was great, um, probably the biggest I've ever seen it. And, literally, I can't remember any time in the past where – the conference grew to a size where there were people that I actually never got to see. There were people registered that I knew were there and I never found them, which is, you know, it's a testament to the, it's a testament to the growth of the conference. But, you know, to me, it's a little bit, um, it hurts a little bit because that's what I love about this conference is how focused it is and how target it targeted. It is like a laser beam to all things development whether it's, you know, lead gen to marketing to franchise sales and the universe of people attending this year, it was just exponential. The growth is a a statement to how hot franchising is right now, no matter who in government has tried to slow down our business model over the last many years. um, You'd never know it by the attitudes 
and by the excitement, the enthusiasm, the energy level. This conference was just on every – it hit it out of the park for me. It was 10 out of 10 on every front. Wow, that's, um, that's really great. What else is going on in the world of, of franchising right now? Just a couple of things that caught my eye this week, Paul. Um, you know, speaking to another um, validation of how hot franchising is, private equity is just heating up if it wasn't already hot. So um, Dateline Friday, Culver's sells a minority interest to Rock Capital of the iconic uh, quick-serve Wisconsin-based brand, Culver's Custard. Man, I've loved that stuff for a zillion years. And right on the heels of that announcement came another one with NRD Capital acquiring Ruby Tuesdays. And that's going to be an interesting right. one to watch because that's an iconic brand with, with brand equity. But, you know, they've had declining store sales and they've had a lot of, of regrouping with some closures over the last couple of years. With Aziz and his team, there's no place to go but up, and I'm sure it will. But that's one to keep an eye on. You know, that crowded space is um, – when it's in the hands of people who are proven pilots, it's, it's going to be fun to see what NRD does with, with a brand like Ruby Tuesday. So keep an eye on that going forward. And speaking of, of keeping an eye on things, I could not turn on my TV last week to Fox News or CNN without seeing the ubiquitous Catherine Monson. <laughs> she was there. At the, she was at the president's executive order signing along with an, a list of luminaries including Shelley's son Robert Crisante and others but um, it looked to me like she got a little bit of a second bite of the apple I saw her also on Fox Business on the back end of her uh, standing behind Donald Trump but everywhere the president appeared on every one of the news clips you know how there's always a, a group of luminaries standing behind him well Catherine Munson was in just she was everywhere <laughs> I mean Literally, she was yeah, all she over was. the screen, and um, yeah, and she, she also, was. you know, center for sure. Yeah. So, it, it, but it's a great thing. It's great for us. It's great for franchising. Uh, you know, things like this are happening with our leadership in place, and uh, hats off to the amount of time and energy that Catherine and Shelley and others in leadership have peeled off from their own businesses to continue to push and protect the brand of franchising for each and every one of us. So, thanks go out to them. Paul, upcoming, just a couple of things. We've got the Emerging Franchisor Conference on the horizon. We've got Frantech going on this week, the West Coast Franchise Expo, uh, the first week in November. So as you said, it's, it's that time of year where things that seemed or felt like they were out there in the distance, not so much. <laughs> it's silly season in franchising, and I'm happy to be playing the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Things are just creeping up on us. And before you know it, we'll be uh, entering our ninth year of franchise today, which, of course, our anniversary is in January. You know, there's one more on the, uh, the private equity scene, too, Stan, that kind of uh, sat below everybody's radar, uh, but only occurred uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And it was Icon uh, Enterprises of the uh, entrepreneur called Icon. Uh, his company acquired American Driveline Systems, which is the franchisor of Amco and Cotman Service Centers. And that sale uh, actually uh, involved some 680 locations in the U.S. and Canada. And with the addition of, a, of ADS, uh, Icon Automotive now operates over 1,900 owned and franchise service locations in 49 states, 
across Puerto Rico, the District of Columbia, and several other international locations. And of course, over the years, that's all we heard about was private equity and food brands. And of course, you know, Rourke, as we know, has, um, you know, fast signs and, and, and are buying other brands. Uh, and it seems like, you know, private equity is just going now uh, completely to the wall, looking at, you know, every opportunity, good unit economics, good uh, business growth, or in the case with uh, NRD Capital, Aziz and, and, and his great team are looking at a brand that they can turn around. So it is a, a, a changing landscape in franchising. Couple that with uh, all the emerging brands that have come on, as Aziz said on the show uh, last year, at the clip of one a day for the last two and a half years, uh, with no end in sight over the next two or three years. Uh, of franchising is really, really, really uh, gaining some steam, and uh, and it's an exciting time for sure. No doubt, and I missed that on on Icon. I'm you know, and that's just like me missing some people at the conference um i don't know how that one slid by me that's no small deal i mean that is a substantial and significant and actually it only yeah actually it only popped on my radar because obviously i spent so many years in the in transmission industry and still have some friends and colleagues uh, in the industry and and it came to me through one of the service groups uh this morning on a facebook messenger and said hey did you hear (laughs) so it was completely below my radar and i probably have the some of the strongest ties uh into that industry segment well without further ado i'd like to move forward uh with today's show um that we've uh aptly titled uh, born in italy made in america and keeping it real and of course we're talking about rosati's pizza and today's guest is marla topliff the president at rosati's pizza there's an interesting uh, quote that I found from Marlon that said, don't let your gender become an issue. If your company's a boys club, then join the club. Remember to be an equal first. You have to prove yourself as an equal. Then you can go on and become the club president. Marlon, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Well, we are excited to have you uh, with us today. And um, it was interesting, you know, as we often do in preparation for the show, looking at, at different quotes, looking at different uh, press that's out there. And, of course, we always wind up learning things about uh, our guests that uh, we, we didn't know before. And I think that's just a perfect segue into what we normally discuss with our, our guests, which is you didn't wake up one day and say, you know what, I think I'm going to go into franchising. And everybody has this unique track at least most people do well you certainly do so to start us off why don't you take us back and you can take us back as as far as you would like bring us up to speed give us some you know milestones some highlights as to you know what your journey has been and uh, and how you wound up as the uh, the president of rosati's pizza thank <clears throat> thank you um I'm actually going to take you back about 20 years, which is when I started with Rosati's Pizza. Um, I started out as their director of marketing 20 years ago, back in the 90s. And when I came into this company, um, it was a family-run company, and they had about, I don't know, maybe 60 units at the time. But all 60 units 
looked different. That you were using different logos, different menus. Uh, there was no continuity there. So my first job as director of marketing was to try to organize them and get them into to become one company as opposed to 60 separate companies. I started out by writing a marketing manual and an operations manual. Um, I went to a uh, company that does graphic design and had them design a full set of logos and artwork, and I had that put on um, a thousand discs, believe it or not, and then I got in the car and hit the road and started visiting stores one at a time, introducing myself, introducing the operations manual, introducing the marketing manual, and giving everybody uh, a copy of the disc and telling them going forward, this is the only logo you'll be able to use. These are the only graphics you'll be able to use. And within, I'd say, maybe two to three years, we were able to become one consistent company where everybody was doing the same thing and looked the same. Um, it was pretty exciting at the time, and we had not thought about franchising yet, but we were getting close. Our growth was mostly organic. Um, a store, somebody who had worked for us at one store would decide that they really liked Rosati's and they wanted to open up their own store, so they would ask, and we were working with license agreements at the time. And um, that's how we started to grow. Um, about five years down the road, in the year about, I think it was 2000, uh, they were very pleased with the work that I was doing and asked me to become president of the company. There were 10 shareholders, and it was a good way for them to get you know, um, agreement on what they wanted to have done within a company. So I became president of the company around the year 2000. Um, we then decided to try franchising for the first time. Uh, and we were not very organized at the time. We did do an FDD. We did do you know the the whole the regulations and went out and started trying to franchise the company um, we didn't do so well on our first attempt and in some respects that's a good thing because when you when you start something and you make a lot of mistakes doing it you learn from those mistakes and you learn how to make the system even better uh, we stopped for a little while in 2005 we picked it up again and now we're very strong in franchising. We're on every portal. Well, we're on at least two or three portals. We go to every franchise show. We have a designated vice president of franchise sales, and we've grown from that little 60 stores that I remember when we started to close to 200 now. So we've become very successful. We've also branched out and gone from just being a carry-out delivery type business to now we have full sit-down sports pubs, which are, have been very, very popular and very, very successful for us. So it's very uh, interesting, you know, coming in through marketing, and I, I kind of chuckled about the different hats you had to wear, you know, all, the, all, all of a sudden you're writing operations manuals and what have you, but it seemed early on uh, you knew exactly what needed to be done, which of course was uniformity. Uh, of the brand and uniformity of the system. So, you know, definitely hats off to you on that, especially, you know, coming into a brand where there was so much, um, you know, disorganization with respect to, you know, the, um, the, the uniformity of the brand. It, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, that, you know, coming out of that, that first wave, now you're, you're president in the organization 
and and now the organization is really starting to, you know, franchise. And of course, you're in a competitive space. I mean, pizza is one of the uh, yes. uh, continues to still be one of the most competitive space. You know, what were you looking at as far as you know the differentiating factor? I mean, and obviously, you know, marketing had to come into the equation as well. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't know if you know this or not, but Americans eat about 23 pounds of pizza a year on an average. Um, so it, it's a lot. It's a very, very popular food. And it's one that will never go out of fashion or never go out of style. Um, knowing that and knowing that there's about 67 to 70,000 pizzerias in America we had to think of or come up with a way to differentiate ourselves. And so um, my focus went from the beginning has always been to tell our story, which is it's a, it's a fascinating story. The Rosati's family have actually been around for close to 100 years. They started out as, um, as a single store back in 1927, when the great-grandfather of the family opened a store on Taylor Street, and then um, he passed that on to his kids, and they were always in the pizza business, and it's the same recipe that they've been using forever. And pizza started out for us as a small appetizer that he used to set on the table um, for people to to try to see if they liked it, with tomato and oil on it, and um, it became very popular. In 1965, we opened up our first carryout delivery in Mount Prospect, Illinois, and 11 of the Rosati's family members were working together in that um, in that business, and it was a great family business. And so we have always kept our story based on the fact that we are a family and that our recipes are 100 years old and that they're directly from Italy, from Naples. Uh, in fact, for our for our 50th anniversary, we gave away a trip to Naples so they could see where we started from. And from that, we've been able to take that marketing piece and use that to help tell our franchising story because when we're trying to recruit franchisees, it's always about join our family, become part of our family, and we'll treat you like part of the family. So it's been a a successful formula for us for all of these years. we have uh, my main function and concern is to try to work with the franchising aspect of it. I'm very involved with working with Tim McCarthy, who is our vice president of franchising, and um, I go to all the shows with him. And we have a really intense discovery days when we have people into our office. But Again, like I said, our distinction is we built a great story around the fact that we are a family-owned and operated company. I've kind of done a little research that goes back a little further than those 1927 dates that you referred to, Marla, and actually found an amazing fact. And given that Paul and I are both native New Yorkers, I've learned that your roots really weren't just Italy to Chicago, but by way of New York. Tell us a little Coney about Island, that. Coney Island, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We started out in Coney Island. Uh, Sam Rosati came uh, from Italy, and his first stop was in New York. And he actually had a business in Coney Island in the 1900s and um, didn't come to Chicago until 1927. 
and that was our first our first go at opening. It wasn't pizza at the time. It was just basically an Italian restaurant from the old family Italian restaurant recipes, which we still create today. We still have pasta and a lot of the old recipes that were around going back to the early 1900s. Um, but yes, our first offering was in, in Cody Island, New York. I keep forgetting about that part. <laughs> it became there, something of interest as a native yeah. New Yorker, and as actually a, a native New Yorker that grew up on Coney Island Avenue. So uh, oh, I'm a Brooklyn go. boy. <laughs> I wasn't around early so enough Stan, to remember. So Stan, do you remember Rosati's of Coney Island? Yeah, that's, I was about to disclaim the fact that I didn't, Paul. So don't go starting with these jokes. So we're all into the hour, my, my buddy. Actually, our first pizza creation was called Pizza Aliolio. And it was just plain oil with tomatoes on top. And it was just an appetizer that we would put on the tables. And in 27, when we owned our restaurant in Chicago, uh, we would have people come in like uh, Jack Haley from The Wizard of Oz, or you would see Al Capone coming in for dinner. You'd see him sitting across the, the, you know, the, the restaurant from Elliot Ness. It was really kind of cool. We were like a famous stopping point. Um, on Taylor Street before, you know, back in the in the early 20s. So walk us up to the current day, and let's talk a little bit about the brand from the consumer's perspective and who it is that you attract, who it is that are your raving fans, and what are some of those differentiators. And you know, we can talk, too, about the fact that the brand is, has morphed, as you've said, it's, it's more than just a 1,200-square-foot box anymore. You've got some sports bar activity going on, too, so... Let's talk about both and who it is that the um, that is your raving fan and, and what it is you do to attract them to you. Well, you know, about two years ago, we were looking at the onset of all the fast casual pizza companies that were coming in. Um, a lot of the pizza companies that, you know, five minutes and you have a pizza were beginning to hit the, mar- the scene very big. And they have become very predominant in the pizzeria industry. We decided we needed to do something that was going to be different than just carry out and delivery. We own the Chicago market. We're very big. We have the biggest share there. And our customers are basically middle-class families who like to eat pizza during a football game or a baseball game or uh, around sports-related issues and and games and whatever. So we decided to open up sports bars and give these families a place to come to as opposed to just bringing their food home. We still do carry-on delivery, and all of our sports bars also offer carry-on delivery. But um, since we've opened the sports pubs, We've opened, I think we're up to 16 of them right now, and considering it's only been at about two years, that's not too bad. Uh, they go anywhere from, I'd say, 6,000 square feet to about 8,000 square feet, 60 to 70 TVs in, in the bar. Um, they do things for the kids, like they'll have uh, one or two TVs designated for cartoons or whatever, so a family could come in and mom could be watching a cooking show and dad could be watching a sports show and a kid could be watching SpongeBob or whatever. And um, so we've we've tried to make it so it's entertainment for the whole family, and it's working. Um, people do like to have a place to go where the the check average is more of a medium as opposed to high. And it's not considered fast food. It's considered a regular, you know, regular restaurant fare. 
and people can just come with their family and enjoy themselves. So we've been very fortunate that that we made the shift, and although we are still opening and carrying out delivery stores, it seems to be predominantly in the franchise world we're franchising sports pubs. Well, that's some really uh, um, interesting information. I mean, you know, going from you know pizza to uh, to sports clubs, uh, sports pubs. So it's really a uh, a unique differentiating factor there. Uh, has the has the menu expanded as well? I know you said you have pastas and stuff, but uh, has it expanded to anything that would not be considered the uh, the normal Italian fare? Uh, some of our stores will carry things like uh, gyros. Uh, we also carry things, salads, uh, a lot of salads for people who are watching their weight. Uh, we've gone to gluten-free for pasta and pizza. Um, but we have a full Italian menu, uh, per se. Um, some of our stores carry ribs and chicken. Uh, mostly it's pizza and pasta and sandwiches and salads that, people are coming in for. We're predominantly a pizzeria, though. People love our pizza. We have five different cross-size styles so that, you know, you can get your choice of any of how you like it. And um, it seems to be something that if you have a lot of variety or enough variety that uh, everybody can choose from, you, you get more of a, more people coming in. Uh, our menu is not so big that when you look at it, you're reading a book. But it's big enough that it will be provide something for everyone. So, you know, you you you're taking over an iconic brand. I mean, certainly that's been around for uh, I believe I read five generations. Yes. Uh, and obviously, a lot of family uh, involved. How has that interaction uh, been, especially as the brand, you know, continues to evolve, and obviously. Uh, it's evolving from, you know, where it once was to, to where it is today. Um, what's, what's the mindset in, in working with the family? They're a great family to work with. We are on the fifth, I'm trying to remember, but yes, the fifth generation right now. Um, it seems like in the, last, the last couple of years, or at least when I started, the what we call the forefathers who founded our company, uh, had retired, and they had left that to their sons, who are a group of ten cousins. And now that group is leaving it to their sons. And it's kind of cool to watch each generation come in because they all have the same mindset. They all grew up within the business. They all had to work within the stores, and so they understand the business completely. And as I said, very family-oriented, so they treat all of their employees like family. Their franchisees are treated that way as well. Um, we we have a great uh, franchise conference every couple of years, uh, and everybody feels like they've known the family forever. So it, it's just it's a great family feel. You're listening to Franchise Today. I'm Stan Friedman, along with Paul Segreto. And we're talking today with pizza industry franchising icon Marla Topoff. And that's a, not an overstatement by any stretch. Marla is very active not only in running her business, but in the International Franchise Association and its membership committee, as well as the Pizza Council of the National Restaurant Association. So leadership is something that is no stranger 
to model and top off. Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where they've been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting, a hybrid approach delivering more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. The Franchise Foundry is rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry team can also assist with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and providing the guidance needed to navigate them. Learn more about Paul Segreto and the Franchise Foundry along with their expanding list of clients at www.franchisefoundry.com. Franchise Today is also brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and prospective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly access, track, manage all messages to and from perspective as well as existing franchisees, including texts. Legal and compliance is simplified too with FRM's document management, and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored using FRM. Make, the day, make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. No long-term contracts, no excuses, just solutions. On the web at frmsolutions.com. <laughs> Franchise pros, stand the man, Paul Segretto, Badlands, baby. Huh. Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchise today. That's right, it's Franchise Today, and we are just finishing our mid show break. Uh, today we're talking pizza, born in Italy, made in America, and keeping it real with Marla Topless, the president of Rosati's Pizza. And Marla, before we move into the uh, franchise proposition, uh, I wanted to talk some about, you know, all your involvement in different things. Uh, Stan mentioned about the Pizza Council, National Restaurant uh, Association, but one that's also dear to my heart is uh, No Kid Hungry. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that and, and your involvement, the brand's involvement, because it's because of you that I've gotten involved in it and have become very passionate about it, and I, and I thank you for that. I appreciate uh, all your help. Um, no Kid Hungry is, is a great organization. Uh, there are over 6 million children a day that go hungry in America and at school. Uh, they go to school and they can't afford to buy lunch. They don't have food at home to bring lunch, so they're hunger deficient. And 
No Kid Hungry helps to change that. Uh, for every dollar that's donated to No Kid Hungry, uh, 10 meals are supplied for children who can't afford it to get their own. And it's becoming a very big issue in America. You know, kids can't learn if, they, if they're hungry. Um, they can't concentrate. They'll, they'll go to school and as, as most people know, you know, and being in the restaurant business is one of the reasons that this is so dear to my heart is that our job is to feed people. That, that's what we're here for. Uh, any restaurateur, that's their main purpose is to feed people. Uh, the most important people to feed would be the children. And No Kid Hungry is 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 really sponsored by just about every restaurant company in America. Uh, there's a lot of big chains like uh, Arby's and Shake Shack and um, Garamaldi's, and there's just several chains that are out there that spend thousands of dollars in the month of September uh, to try to help promote the No Kid Hungry cause. And I'm proud to say that we raise uh, several thousand, hundred thousands of dollars to help feed children every day. And it's so important. It's, you know, we, we, we want this country to grow. They're not, it's not going to grow if our kids are not prepared to be able to take the responsibility and leadership roles. And it's just common sense on our part, on our part as restaurateurs that we do our best to try to support that kind of, that kind of a cause. Well, it certainly is a uh, great cause indeed. And for those of you that are interested, uh, check out their website at www.nokidhungry.org. And if you're on Twitter, they're at NoKidHungry. And, of course, the hashtag, uh, goes without saying, is hashtag NoKidHungry. So, um, you know, great organization. I know, Marla, uh, you've done a, a, a great job helping to promote that. Uh, I'm, media, I'm actually on their. I'm on their. Yeah, I'm on their board uh, as well, and a part of our job is to promote more or to encourage more restaurants to become part of it. And for any restaurateur who's out there and they want to be a part of it, just let us know, and we'll be happy to give you information on how you could be included as well. Well, that'll be great. Well, tell us uh, a little bit about the uh, franchise opportunity. Um, some of the basics about it and, and why you consider it different than um, other opportunities that might appear on the surface to be similar. Um, our franchise opportunity is a little bit different because we keep our fran initial franchise fee fairly low. It's $25,000 as a franchise fee. And we do that to encourage people to become part of the company. Um, an all-in amount for doing like a carry-out and delivery goes anywhere from uh, a low end of 131000 to about 420000 all-in again. So you can become a Rosati's franchisee at a fairly reasonable cost. If you were looking at a sports pub, again, the, the franchise fee, again, is only 25000 and that's usually significantly lower than most other companies or than a lot of other companies and even for a, a dine-in or a sports pub you can really start anywhere from about 260,000 up to about a million too so you you can get involved with our company at a fairly reasonable rate 
So that must have a very, very diverse difference in how you train and prepare franchisees for the brand. So we tell us a little a bit fairly, about that. Yeah, we have a fairly rigorous training program. Um, our franchisees, our new franchisees, will come, will go to one of our training stores closest to them. Um, we prefer Chicago, but if they're in a, a different state, we'll send them to a store in a different state. They'll be there for three weeks, and they'll do every every bit of um, work that can be possibly done, from uh, making pizzas to cleaning the bathrooms to sweeping the floors. They have to learn every aspect of the business. After those three weeks are up and the store is within... Uh, I'd say a week or two of opening, we will send a crew out to their store for an additional three weeks to help them with the opening and to get them started on the right foot. So we are very hands-on in the training department. Marla, do you start all your owner-operators as owner-operators, or do you have franchisees that are prior experienced with other brands perhaps and, and from other branded food concepts coming to you that are looking for larger area development opportunities? Do you do both? We do both. We have uh, multi-unit um, areas that are available. Um, as far as who we have as franchisees, we sort of prefer somebody with who, who doesn't come from another, from another mm-hmm. brand, less to unteach them. Um, mm-hmm. But we will train anybody who, who we feel is going to make a good Rosati's franchisee. When you do take people who come from another brand, they will come in with preconceived ideas sometimes, and sometimes those are harder franchisees to train than people who have no idea. The only thing we look for in a franchisee is somebody with a great business acumen who understands how business is run as opposed to just the pizza business. So who are the individuals that you're looking for? What what type of characteristics should they have? Uh, what type of experience should they have? Number one, like I said, great business acumen. People who understand what business is all about. People who are hard workers, because I don't think a lot of people understand that the restaurant business is a 24-7 business sometimes. Um, you're working maybe 100 hours a week, and uh, sometimes there's not a break. Uh, it just depends. Um, somebody who's not afraid to to work hard and and get their hands dirty, Um, somebody who is pretty much loyal and who is intelligent. I mean, those are all the acumen, the the things we're looking for in a franchisee. Um, Of course, we want people to have a stable financial background, um, and that's always important in this kind of a business as well. So talk a little bit about the day in the life. What does a, I mean, some people think when they hear people talking about things like um, home care or home cleaning franchises, they say, well, I don't take care of that. I'm not cleaning houses. That's not me. (laughs) And they they don't understand that the role of the franchisor is, or the franchisee is not to be the person doing the cleaning. Do you run into those kinds of situations in your your business? The guy says, hey, listen, I don't want to be baking pizza. Tell us about what a date life looks like. You know, it's interesting because everybody thinks it's easy. They seriously do. I remember that uh, it had to be maybe two years ago I had to go back for my retraining, which meant I'd spent a couple of days in the store 
learning how to do everything all over again because I had to go through the same training that a franchisee does so I can be able to explain to a franchisee what it's like to train. And I went into the store and they said to me, okay, we're going to make pizzas now. And I felt like, you know, it was hard. It was very, very hard. And I think people don't understand that in this business, it's not just coming in and throwing some sauce on a on a piece of dough. You have to get that dough formed. You have to, you know, put it on exactly right to the exact measurements. You have to make sure the ingredients are correct. And on like a Friday night, you're doing that at a rate of like one every couple of minutes. And it gets to be very, very difficult to manage. Um, so when we have a trainee coming in, we're going to start them out on, we usually start them out on a pizza line and make them learn how to, how to portion because uh, if you're going to lose money in a pizzeria restaurant, it's going to be by portioning incorrectly, uh, putting on too much cheese, putting on too much sauce, not using the right ingredients. There's nothing worse than having a lot of waste in the store. So that's one of the first things we're going to train on. We're also going to train. Then, no, oh, no, we're also going to train on portioning for pasta and how to cook pasta so it's not overdone and it's not coming out mushy and how to package things properly so that when you do deliver them, they get to the customer's um, house hot and edible. Um, you'd be surprised how you can mess up on a delivery by just packaging your your products wrong. Absolutely. And talking about portions and costs, do you offer any kind of an item 19 or financial performance representation to your perspectives? Yes, we do. We have an item 19, um, a performa for, I, I mean, an item 19, I think that's what they're calling it these days. Back when mm-hmm. I started 20 years ago, it was called a performa. But, um, hmm. yes, we definitely do. You have to, basically, because everybody wants to know. I mean, a smart person will want to know what the financials before they get involved in a business. And if you have somebody who says, yes, I want a franchise, but they don't ask about your financials, it's a red flag. Well, given that you've got one, would you like to share it? Uh, you can actually find my performance online. It's awfully long, our okay. item 19. Um, but we do have it on our website if anybody's interested in looking at it, and that's at rosadisfranchising.com. So, Muller, question uh, regarding the item 19, because you have a couple of different models. Is there an item 19 for the different models? No. We actually have an item 19 that's a combination, but it is mostly for the uh, the pups. Uh, we found that right now most of our franchising, we have very few requests for carry-out deliveries anymore. So we built our item 19, which we only built like two years ago. Um, when the when the pubs started taking off, and we realized that we we were really we really needed to have something to be able to explain it. Nothing worse than being at a show and everybody's asking you for information on how much things cost, and you know you can't discuss it. So it's it, we we will usually hand out a um, a one a thumb drive with the an item 19 on it and tell them that they can take it and and look at it and then they can respond to us with questions regarding it because if you're at a show it's usually very busy um, and same thing with the portals when they're on a portal if they want information on the item 19 we'll send it to them because we usually like them to take their time and look over it and then come back to us with a question so we have time to really utilize it in the best way we can. 
That's excellent. You know, Marla, I want to shift gears uh, here once again uh, and go back to the quote that I uh, read at the beginning of the show. I'm going to read it again. Uh, it's from you where you said, don't let your gender become an issue. If your company is a boys' club, then join the club. Remember to be an equal. First, you have to prove yourself as an equal. Then you can go on to become club president. And, of course, you're in an industry that um, I think can, I think it's fair to say um, started out and probably still is today uh, a boys' club. And For yet sure. you've, uh, you've, yeah, you've rise through the ranks. And not only a boys club, but also, you know, one that's steep in, you know, traditions and immigrant traditions and uh, where many times the uh, the, the female uh, was kind of on the uh, in the kitchen or on the back burner, so to speak. So explain, you know, what you did and what you meant uh, in this quote about, you know, um, you know, doing what you have to do in order to become the leader because, you know, we've had, you know, many great um, female founders and, and entrepreneurs, and I, and I really despise the term female founder or female entrepreneur, and I've, I've said this to, you know, Catherine Monson and Shelly Sun and, and others that have been on because I just recognize them as entrepreneurs. It doesn't matter to me whether they're male or female. So I am real interested in this quote and, what you mean by it, and maybe you have some advice for uh, the, the the next Marla that might be looking at uh, working their way up into the boys' industry. I, I honestly believe you have to have thick skin. You really have to not take things personally, especially in this business. Um, first of all, you can't let language bother you whatsoever. It's it's you know it's it's a rough business. And you have to learn to adjust to to the roughness of it. You have to be willing to dig in and do whatever anybody else is doing and not use the fact that I'm a female saying, oh, no, I can't do that, I'm a woman. I could do anything a man could do. And there shouldn't be any division between, you know, sex, sexes, whether I'm a woman or a man, it doesn't matter. I can go in and stand there on my feet all day long and make pizza if I have to. I can clean bathrooms if I have to. I can do, I can fire a franchisee if I have to. I can do whatever it takes to get the job done. And I think that there are some women who are afraid to take that leap. You can't be afraid. You have to just exert yourself and put yourself out there and be willing to take whatever steps you need to take to get the job done. Shelly's son is a great example of that. She's a tough lady. And, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for somebody like that who is not afraid to take whatever steps they need to take to get the job done. Um, if I were going to give advice to any woman in the industry, it's never to back down. You know, never, never to say no. You know, somebody says to you, you can't do something, look them right in the eye and say, yes, I can. Try me. And then find whatever way you need to find to get the job done. That's what I did. When I, I started out doing that 20 years ago, I came in, I assessed the situation and realized what steps I had to take. And then I went out there in my car every day and worked to get the job done, and I do that still now. It's just like going to franchise shows and, and being there because I am the president of the company, and people like to see the president involved in the franchise. Don't be afraid 
just because you have a title or just because you have a name to get out there and do the everyday work that has to be done. It just has to be done. And I think there's a lot of women who are a lot stronger than they think they are. But I think once they try it, they'll see that it feels good. You know, as one of the IFA's founding members of its Diversity Institute, I love hearing inspiration coming from women and minorities in franchising to inspire many who think that an opportunity for ownership of a business is something that must be meant for someone standing to their left or to their right because they just don't give themselves permission to believe you could be talking to them. And That's so right. you sharing you sharing this wisdom is something that maybe we take for granted on a daily basis because we're around the Marla Topoffs and the Shelly Sons in the world so often. But for the audience of those who are looking for inspiration in terms of getting into a business of your own, don't pay short shrift to these words. Anyone can do this if they're determined. Marla, what would you give as a nugget to somebody who needed just one more push? Um, what kind of advice would you give somebody, whether it was for yours or any franchise, what should they do first before they start looking at brands that they think might appeal to them? They need to decide if the the brand they're looking at is really for them. They need to do research. Um, anybody who tries to go into something blind is, is making a mistake. So the first thing they need to do is research the company they're thinking about becoming a part of and then sit, actually sit down and talk to people, I, you know, whether it be people who are in the franchise or people who are around the franchise, and ask them what it's like to be part of their team. And that's probably the most important part. And a lot of, a lot of people make the mistake by thinking this is something they want to do and it's really not. So they need to understand the opportunity, and then they need to make sure that it's the opportunity that they really, really want. Sage advice and, and really, really valuable wisdom. Marla, for those who may be looking to uh, hit the trail here, we've got the West Coast Expo coming up pretty soon and some other conferences like the Emerging Conference. Where can people find you in the weeks ahead if they wanted to uh, try to have a conversation that gives them a little bit more than the hour that we've given here? I will be at the West Coast Expo in Two weeks, I guess it is, Paul said. I thought it was three as mm -hmm. well. But, <laughs> but in two weeks, I'll be in Los Angeles at the West, West, uh, West Coast Expo as well. We just did the springboard um, conference. Uh, I was there with Paul as well, and uh, we're working with emerging franchisers, and it was very gratifying to be able to be with people who are just starting in this industry and be able to give them information and advice. And if anybody's going to be at the West Coast franchise and they want to talk some more, I'll be very happy to spend time with them. Well, Marla, we really appreciate you taking the time out of a, a very, very busy schedule. I, too, thought we had an extra week between now and the Franchise Expo West, but, you know, I look <laughs> forward to uh, seeing you out there, of course, uh, as always. Thank you again for being our guest. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate you too, Marla. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Well, Stan, there you go. We didn't even talk about the weather today. Uh, it's, it's a cool <laughs> day here in, uh, in Houston, Texas. Uh, mm -hmm. And so you can it's, expect that in the days to come in uh, It's already in Atlanta, here, Paul. Of course. It's, it's sweater weather. It's already here. Yeah. 
That's great. And I do want to, um, you know, say uh, really a, a heartfelt um, thoughts and prayers going out to uh, everybody in uh, in, in the, just north of the Bay Area and in wine country. I mean, what a tremendous tragedy going on with the uh, wildfires uh, in uh, Sonoma and Napa. And I know um, many people in franchising live there, many people in franchising uh, visit there, but anyway, my my heart goes out to you. Of course, you know we're we're riding the uh, uh, the uh, the disaster wave from Irma and Harvey, and of course, what went on with Maria down in in Puerto Rico is just very very difficult. So you know whether it be No Kid Hungry or any one of those uh, organizations, United uh, um, the United Way or whatever. You know, give. That's what franchising is all about. You know, we we do a great job giving back, and now more than ever, we have uh, so many people uh, in need. So uh, let's keep that on the uh, the forefront of our minds. Sounds like a plan, Paul, and I'm certain everybody's on board with it. Yep. Yes, indeed. Well, until next week, my name is Paul Segreto, wishing you the best, the very best on this great, great thing called franchising. Franchise today is... Franchise pros stand amazed. Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Wanna lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion lights that pilot light under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire From a single to a multi-unit empire Well, pay attention to this podcast that you hear It's streaming in HD, so fine tune both your ears And standing Paul lays down the law Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor It's all about sustainable growth, the sensible franchising Proving concepts to start enterprises So use your left and right side of your brain And absorb this knowledge here of franchising today Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchise today. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.